Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. You're either about to send a kid to school, go back to school, or return for a few days of prep and in-service because here in Wisconsin, school starts later this week. And as a result, it got me thinking about our leadership and the need for us to enter every situation prepared and ready. Now, I don't care what you do in life, but I do care about how you show up because how you show up matters and how we enter a situation can be vital to the success of those we are around, those we serve, and ourselves. I was thinking about this a lot this week as I worked with my team and others around getting to do things versus having to do things. I have to admit, I'm an outlier when it comes to attitude and energy. I wake up in a good mood, and unless I'm exhausted, I go to bed in a good mood. But if I'm exhausted, it's not a mood. I just fall asleep. I've been doing a lot of thinking and coaching around energy and attitude as I am seeing us as a region, a state, a country, oh heck, a whole world enter a period again of uncertainty. I'm filled with the hope that COVID will soon be a thing of the past, but until it is, our leadership around each day being unpredictable, politics being that of a debate around safety, and people being people with high emotions and opinions. Well, it's going to be a world where we will have to navigate a lot of things in the next few months. As we approach all of this uncertainty, how we show up matters. How we enter a meeting, a classroom, or an appointment is going to make a difference. We have an idea in our head of what is going to happen, and as a result, sometimes we are prepared for it, sometimes we over-prepare for it, and sometimes we enter defensive, and sometimes we work to avoid it. Well, how do you enter each situation in your day? How do you prepare with that energy that you need to be able to bring to that opportunity what others will need from you in order to collaborate? address their problems, and cooperate so that we can meet the needs of everyone around us. I'll tell you how I prepare and would suggest you prepare, but before I do, I want to share with you an episode in my life of epic failure and the hilarious lesson I learned when I had convinced myself that I was going to die, and I just gave up. Each of us have our own daily habits, and many times we just rely on our habits to get us through. And on occasion, we forget to get ready or be in the moment, especially those times when we're about to participate in something big. Well, on May 12, 2021, I was celebrating turning 50, a number that sounds huge because it is. But I still feel like I'm 20, and too often I act like I'm 15. Oh, to be a sophomore again. But on that day, like I do every year on my birthday, I go for a long run to test myself against the running times of my past. I had gone for a long run, come home, and prepared for the rest of my day. However, when I got home from my run, I saw my birthday gift from my wife and children. I decided that for the next 50 years of my life, I'm going to be a cyclist. And there it was, my new bike, a racing bike, bright yellow. And I named it Big Bird. Anyways, I thought to myself, I'm feeling pretty good. So I put on my cycling gear, got on the bike, clipped in, and took off for a ride. I decided that I was going to start out with just a 50 or 100 mile ride. (laughs) So I went up the urban bike trail and I decided to go 50 miles to Sheboygan and back. I started out on the bike and was flying down the path at 22 miles per hour and loving the speed and cranking to the rhythm of the music. And going all of this distance was something I had never done before. I rode about 18 miles north of my house, 
and thought, I better stop for a moment. And believe it or not, I wanted to check my emails. My birthday was in the middle of the week, and while I took the day off, I figured I better just check in. I stood there for a minute, and I felt really funny. I couldn't feel my legs. My face was tingly, and I was kind of punchy, almost like I had been drunk. I took a deep breath and realized I ran this morning at 5.30, and here I was looking at the spring sun, and it was still rising, and it was now 7.15, and I have not had anything to drink since I awoke. I realized I was dehydrating, and I didn't have my wallet. I was on a trail in the middle of nowhere, and I was in a bind. Why? I didn't prepare. I didn't show up, and I took off without water. Well, I decided to turn around and ride home. I took off and was going okay for a mile or two, and then I was feeling the effects of being dehydrated. I was getting really frustrated, and I was angry, and I was, I was only going about eight miles per hour which is about how fast I ran a few hours earlier. I had the weirdest things going through my head, strange narratives, and I, I just kept telling myself, you should quit. But I couldn't. I was too far from home. I couldn't call anyone for a ride, and if I did, oh, I didn't really feel like making, getting anyone or having anyone make fun of me for my condition or my riding shorts, which when a friend of mine saw me in them, kept asking me, can I use your mirror, Ted? Anyways, there I was. I was now like eight miles from my house. It took me 90 minutes to go the 10 miles that before had only taken me like 40. And my head was pounding. I had really weird narratives telling me to just give up and stop. And eventually, I got off the bike and I just laid down in the middle of the bike path. And I put my bike across me. It was laying across my body. And I was staring at the sky laughing and said to myself, this is the last day of my life. I don't think I can do it. And I just kept giggling. Oddly, and by coincidence, a song came on from my playlist and it had me in tears laughing at the irony that I was going to die listening to this song. I laid there for like 15 minutes before I snapped out of it. It was the same feeling I get when I'm reading and realize I actually wasn't paying attention to any of the words for the last three minutes or pages. And I just, I figured out like, I just got to get up. I got to get up. But my body wouldn't let me. And finally, I got back on the bike and I was so dehydrated I was drunk in body and in mind. I rode home weaving down the bike path and laughing, going incredibly slow, and I kept replaying the same song in my head, which I'll play for you in a moment. I finally got home, laughed as I walked into the kitchen, and drank glass after glass after glass of water, and very slowly came back to my senses. I share this with you because I believe that too many of us drive ourselves to a state of delirium, and when we need to be in the moment, We have not prepared ourselves or others, and we push ourselves past a safe place. I was truly in a bad spot, but my weird buffalo mindset just kept having me laugh about what was going on, and my self-talk was, we can do this, and I finally got myself where I needed to be. I remember laughing while I was riding at the idea that I kept saying, we can do this, like my mind and body were two separate people that I was talking to. I'm telling you, it was truly a weird day. But how did I even get into this position? How do we get ourselves into positions where we walk into situations where we are not at our best, where we daydream about death being a better option than our current situation? And how do we prepare ourselves for the situations we are about to face? I obviously overshot. And I also learned a huge lesson. Never get on a bike without water and hydrate on the journey, which I knew, but I had forgotten in my excitement. So how do you prepare? As you enter every situation in your day, With enthusiasm or trepidation, how do you prepare? 
If you're not prepared, what will happen? I want you to reflect for a moment on a simple concept. How do you show up? I showed up on the bike with great enthusiasm, took off like a bandit, and failed halfway. Well, how do you show up? Do you bring energy or suck energy from the room? Do you bring enthusiasm or do you need to be built up? When you enter any room, how do you show up? Are you someone people want to be around? Are you someone who leads with energy and ideals? Are you someone who motivates? Are you someone who shows up and brings the mojo? When you show up, are others excited to be with you by the possibilities that you will support? Are they enthusiastic about the journey in front of them? When you show up, do others follow and stand by your side? Showing up is a simple recipe. It's optimism, motivation, and energy. I have a Venn diagram that shows this and we'll share it with you in this week's TH3. Now remember, if you're not currently subscribed to the weekly Theodore's 3 on Thursdays, just email me at ted at cesa6.org and I'll get you the information. I think there are two songs that can define how you show up and they perfectly explain for me how showing up optimistic, motivated, and energized can make you the difference maker. Before when I told you about the ironic song playing when I was laying on the bike path because I showed up but not prepared, this is the song I was hearing. This song, I think, is what too many people show up with. This is what too many people show up when they have the important task of leading in classrooms, schools, boardrooms, conference rooms, wherever. We have a weird way of showing up and everyone around us feels that pessimism, the negative energy, and the lack of motivation. It drains others in the room. It feels hopeless. It fuels a narrative that this can't be done. And it's the ultimate cow mindset. Here we go again. We're trapped in here. There's nothing we can do. We have to be here. It is a cast blame type of attitude. It is defeatist and it is toxic. People who operate in this mindset suck energy. They don't give it. They drain motivation and they make it difficult to want to move forward. Do I believe some people are intentional about this? Yes. And that is why how we show up is so critical. How we enter the room is important and we must be intentional and we must be prepared. Now, when we enter the room, here's the soundtrack of a buffalo. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place, singing, we will, we We come with energy, we come motivated, we are energized, and we take certain steps to be prepared for the moment. We drink water before we get on the bike. We are buffaloes and we enter the situations we face ready. We bring optimism, not just for the situation, but for others and in others. We say crazy stuff like, what a great problem. We see the sunshine after the storm while we're still in the rain. We find ourselves looking at other people who are defeatist and we smile. We see the opportunity to move others because in the end we know that we have to get through this because taking it on gets us to the outcome. When you show up, I want you to consider bringing the mojo of a buffalo. Okay, here is the tool. A Venn diagram with three circles and a buffalo in the center. Top circle is labeled optimistic. 
The lower left circle is labeled motivated, and the lower right circle says energized. Within the three circles is a scale, three, two, one. Three being very and one being not yet. Here's why. When you bring everyone together, when you teach, you need to assess how everyone else has shown up. I walk around like I'm on fire and ready to go, but there are certain environments that I don't have energy. Usually meetings to discuss details. I'm optimistic, but I don't have a lot of energy or motivation for that meeting. Does that make me bad? Well, I don't think so. It just means that the people who showed up excited for that need to recognize that I'm not going to be a huge contributor in that moment. Now, put me in a meeting to solve a problem, vision, or advocate for someone? Well, ding, 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 I'm all three. I'm all in. But sitting across the table from me might be someone who hates the complete lack of clarity in these visioning and problem-solving sessions. The same goes for kids learning. How did you show up for your classes? Break down each class from school as a kid. Math. I would have been all ones because I never really figured out that algorithm. I never had confidence. Science twos because I had to use math once in a while, but I loved the other stuff. Social studies threes. English was a wide range depending on the day and the topic. Phi ed. Heck, I showed up there with a 20. Music, a 50. Why would assessing people and how they show up be important? Because you might find yourself halfway through the journey and loopy with frustration, laying there thinking it's the end of the world as we know it. And then a dangerous cow habit happens. You cast blame outwards. You can come excited and show up all the time, but that makes you weird, like me and others. Weird in the sense that most people, in most situations, are not going to be able to maintain huge levels of optimism, motivation, and energy. And instead of hammering them, we help them. We put into place tools to assess how they showed up so that we can take the measures necessary to get people where they need to get in order to be successful. What are these things? Well, we put people into roles in these situations where they can increase their optimism, their energy and motivation. People who love details, send them off to work on the details. People who love talking through things, send them off to talk through things. Visionaries, problem solvers, etc. Put them where they can be optimistic, motivated, and energized. Don't make them sit there. How about in class? Well, when someone in the classroom indicates they have all ones, this presents us with an opportunity for empathy. Why are you low and what can I do to increase your numbers? If you have a nano relationship with this person, they will answer you and give you the formula for supporting their buffalo. As we start this week in every interaction with others, how we show up matters. But more importantly, how they show up is critical for their success. You're the leader. You are a leader. Your job is to support others through empathy and reflection, as well as a Buffalo mindset. And now you have a simple enter the room situation tool that will allow you to move the herd forward into the storm. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe how you show up. Describe your process for assessing how others have shown up and reflect on what you need to do if you're not prepared to show up, like bring water on the bike ride. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening and please share this episode with others and share it on your social media platform. Remember that you can also access all of my playlists on Spotify by finding me, Ted Knightsky the Fourth IV, and while you're on Spotify, make sure to follow your friends Brian and Sarah of the Well Pennies so that we can continue to reinforce their generosity, which allows me to use their music 
every week on the podcast. Finally, this week's episode was sparked by my travels again this week. I was blessed to work with so many different people, my teams and others. I kept seeing people in the audience when I began with a have-to look on their face. The, I'm here because I have to be. I work here because I have to. I'm only in the situation because I don't have a choice. Now, when I run into people like this, it is a direct adrenaline injection into my heart. I've always found that those of us who walk around believing that we get to be here have an obligation to bring the optimism, the motivation, and the energy to the situation. You want to be pessimistic around me? You're flipping a switch. But here is the final reflection. Do you allow others to stay in the have-to moments? If so, guess what? It's on you. Do you allow kids to ignore you? Do you allow adults to answer emails in a meeting? Do you allow people to be late? Do you allow people to complain? Do you allow for people to find and focus on problems? If so, you're in the middle of a mirror moment. You need to reflect. We are Buffalo leaders. We bring processes to problems. We focus on optimism with empathy. We're real, but we're motivated for the greater good. We bring enthusiasm to everything we face because we know that it is contagious. And we know it gets us through the storm. When you walk into your day today, what do you hear? We will, we will rock you. Sing it. (laughs) That's what I hear. We have an obligation to be our best for others, to lead others, and to support the needs of everyone around us. And if we can't, we need to get people around us in that moment who are in the right frame of mind so that we can steal their enthusiasm and get ourselves right. Right for those we serve. Right for ourselves. And most importantly, right for the future that so many people depend on us for. Hands while the 